Hi there, my name's Juanita and you're listening to Addicted to Chaos. So I do have a wee life update for you all. Uh, I finally put my shelf back up in my laundry. <laughs> Yay! I did that today with mum. She came over, she's been a huge help lately, um, just with uh, my mental health and um, just helping me figure shit out and just being like a really great support person. So thank you so much, mum. She doesn't listen to this. She doesn't even know that this is a thing. Don't know if she'd approve, but whatever. I am thanking her anyway, and I'm putting it out there to everybody that my mum is amazing. So thank you to my mum. My friend is pregnant with her second baby, which is amazing. Um, super, super happy for her. Um, her mother was like, let's get the kids out of the way and then I can enjoy my 30s. <laughs> I love that. My motto was always, I'm going to set myself up and then I'm going to have a family. Uh, but yeah, quarter life crisis and all, it's it's still going. It's still going, but we'll get into that. Uh, my stress has gotten so bad, actually, that my doctor has put me on anxiety medication. I honestly never thought that I'd get to that point in my life, to be honest, where I'd be put on anxiety medication. I never looked down on anybody who was on anxiety medication. And like, I, I just, I guess I just never, I never understood where people with anxiety and depression came from like I mean I understand what it's like to be anxious and to be depressed but everything that I've ever gone through has been circumstantial and I guess in a way what I'm going through at the moment with my like quarter life crisis identity crisis like not knowing what I want to do in my life financial stress it's all circumstantial um but it's just so much is just going through my head at the moment that I can't even like I can't even think yeah, my stress just got so bad that my doctor put me on anxiety medication to, to level my brain out so I, so I can actually have the capacity to sort my life out because I was just having really high highs. Like the smallest thing would make me so fucking happy and then the, the littlest inconvenience would just make me so depressed or like, you know, the littlest like little comment that someone might make, I'll just like overanalyze about it and think it. And so I guess I just, I, I've, I've got this newfound... Not that I didn't, like, as I said, like, not that I didn't respect the fact that other people, you know, went on anxiety medication, but I've got this newfound, I, I, I don't know, respect in a way, of, like, and, and I've got this newfound empathy towards people that are on anxiety and depression medication, because, like, I think I, I, I get it, like, you just, you can't, you're, you just feel so fucking trapped under this compounding mess that is life and you know you don't want to kill yourself you don't want to go and die I certainly don't want to go fucking die but sometimes I think well might be just easier but I, I definitely don't want to die guys I'm, I'm seriously like I'm not suicidal like the idea of death like scares the fuck out of me but I like I can see to a degree like how it might be like oh like if I just ended it then that's the end of all of my problems like I get it I totally get it and so you know <laughs> what am I to do but you know open up to my doctor which is what you should do if you're having these thoughts so I finally opened up to my doctor and I told her not only about what's going on with my physical health but also about my mental health and just how I'm not fucking coping and how I don't know what to do and I just feel like I'm falling into this pit constantly falling and wanting to like tear my face off <laughs> so I was put on anxiety medication um, and it's been, it's been about a week. So I started, it's actually been exactly a week. Um, today's my seventh day of taking this anxiety medication. Today's Sunday when I'm recording this. 
Um, this is probably gonna go up late um, again. I'm sorry, look, it's it's new, I'm getting through it. I'm also kind of going through a stressful part of my life. But this is, this podcast is helping me, um, I think, anyway. So yeah, today is day seven. Um, the first maybe four, four, five days, I was just feeling like super fucking nauseous. Like, especially the first two days, just didn't want to eat fucking anything. Um, my tongue felt like I was going to swallow it. Like that muscle just kept going to the back of my throat. Like, you know, when you're about to like throw up, sorry, if like anybody listening to this is eating, <laughs> sorry, but yeah, you know, when like you, you, like your tongue constantly wants to go to the back of your throat, like, so that you're ready to, to vomit and like your mouth like salivates and you, yeah, that's just what I was experiencing for the first, yeah, like two, three days and just, yeah, just nausea, just feeling ill, like feeling that, that you know, whatever in your esophagus, just kind of feeling all the, ugh, yeah, no, that was not fun. And then just also feeling really fucking tired. Like, it'd get to 2, 2.30, 3pm in the afternoon. I'm at work. Like, I work full time. I work 9 to 5 every day, Monday to Friday. And I just want to fucking nod off. I just want to fall asleep at my desk or fall asleep while I'm driving, which is not good because I do sales and marketing. Yeah, last part of my life update, I guess, is I had a full full mental breakdown on Friday went into work just could could not could not fucking comprehend anything was feeling even more nauseous because the day before I found out some stuff about my job which I wasn't happy about which we'll kind of get into in a second and just yeah having this crisis and so I ended up having like a full fucking breakdown like actual zombie like wasn't there wasn't there at all um and so I ended up uh, staying over at my mum's house, I slept in her bed, um, next to her and the dog in between us. But I kind of, because I haven't been sleeping lately either, so I kind of got a bit of sleep that night. And also knowing that it was Saturday the next day, so that I wasn't going to have to go into work and like act like everything's peachy keen. But yeah, I haven't had a breakdown like that in like a, a solid minute. Um, and yeah, just kind of worrying my mum, my poor fucking mother. Oh, my mum is a godsend. My mum is wonderful. You know, I, sure, I might have my issues with my mum, but she is the best mother in the world. And I genuinely don't know what I would do without her. Oh, don't even want to think about that. Love my mum so much. She is the best. So that brings us to today's topic, um, identity. I just kind of want to talk about identity because I think a good amount of this quarter life crisis that I'm going through is an identity crisis because I identify so... I don't know, for lack of a better word, like solidly, like wholly, <laughs> like as a whole, <laughs> I identify with having a career um, because that's just my my personality type, which I'll talk about later. But I feel like, and I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about how we could get to a point in our lives where we just become humans doing instead of humans being. And I was like, whoa, like that hit different for me. I was like, fuck. That's what I've been doing. I've been I've been a human doing, not a human being. I need to start being a human being again. <laughs> Did that make any sense? I don't know. So when I was eight years old, I don't know if I've mentioned this in a previous episode, but when I was eight years old, I decided that I wanted to be a fashion designer. And so I have spent my entire life thus far working towards that goal. I think I said this in a previous episode, but, you know, went to school. I got A's and B's. I went, I, you know, graduated with the highest grade in design from my high school. I always pattern made on the side. I always sewed on the side. I always drew things on the side. I was always very creative. Then I went and did my bachelor in fashion. 
and then I thought okay like cool I'll you know get a job in something that isn't fashion so that I can work on my fashion business on the side because usually when you work in fashion like yes you work for that company but there's also there's there's something in your contract that says that you can't go and um you know work for someone else or do your own thing because then that's it's it's a um it's a conflict of interest so I was like okay cool whatever but you know now that I've had you know this job that I've got which isn't in fashion it's with plants um, and now on the side, I've realized, okay, like I really don't feel like doing fashion at this point in my life. It's like really screwing with my head, which is just insane. And like, why the fuck did eight-year-old me get to decide that? But also love her. I'm the kind of person, like, I find it very hard to relax because when I'm relaxing, all I can think about, like my brain constantly ticks. And I've said this in previous episodes. I'm going to say it in every fucking episode. Like my brain constantly is ticking. It's like tick, 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 tick. Even when I'm fucking sleeping, like it just constantly ticks and thinks and it just does not, like, it does not shut down, um, you know, that's why I <laughs> love bourbon, and that's why I've, I'm really gonna, like, I'm just gonna try and be sober, like, for the minute anyway, because I just need to learn, I need to learn to cope, and to, to just chill my brain out without alcohol, because that's why I write myself off, and I just get blind fucking drunk whenever I go out drinking, but you know what, <laughs> don't have the money for alcohol at the moment, so it's probably a good thing. I find it very hard to relax, because when I'm trying to relax, my brain's constantly ticking and thinking about how I could otherwise be being productive. My mindset is definitely that of like achieving goals rather than just enjoying life. Like instead of, you know how people say like, um, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And so I kind of always interpreted that as, as like making little goals and then getting to those like mini destinations, but it's not, it's just about living in the moment. And I'm just, I don't know, I think I just need to rewire my brain to kind of, to kind of like try and do that. Like I definitely do that when I'm, you know, if I set time aside to go out and see my friends, like, and I'm like, all right, I've allocated this much time to go and see my friends. I've allocated this much time to, I don't know, be hungover on a Sunday morning. Like, I've allocated this much time to, you know, do do my makeup because I love doing makeup. I love doing, like, it's, 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 makeup is an art form and I love art. You know, and so when I allow myself to do these things, like, I, I really do, like, enjoy them. But otherwise, it's just, it's like setting, it's like setting little goals and, like, little destinations. And especially, like, with my career, it's just, I can't. Like, why the fuck do I do that? But again, I think it just comes down to my, my personality type. But I'll talk about that later. Like, if I set myself something to do within a certain amount of time, like vacuum, and it doesn't get done in that time, instead of doing that in the next lot of time, I'll spend that time freaking out, and the next lot of time after that, freaking out, and then I'm just on this vicious cycle of freaking out because I didn't get fucking vacuuming done. Like, and I, then I just stress myself out for no reason. That's just, it's stupid. And it, honestly, to say it out loud, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why do I do that? Who, I don't know. I don't, I, I couldn't fucking tell you. But I think it's because I'm such a goal-focused person and I'm like, right, set myself this goal. But the thing is, like, when I do set myself a goal and I achieve that goal, I'm on top of the fucking world. I'm so happy. And that's what I was talking about. Like, like I'll have really, really high highs and I'll have really, really low lows. Like, if I set myself a time to vacuum and I vacuum, I'm like, fucking gold star for me. Yes, I am the shit. But if I don't get the vacuuming done in my time slot... I just have like a meltdown. <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but that's what I do. So I just need to, yeah, I'm, I'm really like, I'm trying to figure out how to rewire my brain. Like, and the other night, for example, like I, I went to mom's place. This is before my breakdown. This was like the other week, but I went to mom's house um, because I needed her to, like I asked her to help me with like an email um, that I was sending to um, 
one of my bosses or to both my bosses. And, um, and I went there and, you know, you know, sat down with mum. We had a good chat. We ate dinner. Um, you know, we spent time with the dog. Um, I met, um, my brother's girlfriend's rabbit, which my mum is currently looking after. But then by the end of it, like mum was really tired because it was really late and she wanted to go to bed. But because we hadn't, we still hadn't written this email, I like freaked out. I like totally freaked out. And then it wasn't until I got home that night that I was like, why the fuck? Why the, because why the fuck did I freak out? Like, I, like I had such a nice night with my mum, you know, like we spent time together. We ate dinner. Like it was a nice meal. Like I spent time with my dog. Like I met this cute little fucking bunny, you know, none of, like none of that was in my head when I was freaking out. It was like, I saw, it was like, you know, when people get so angry, they see red. Well, it's like I got so freaked out, I saw orange. Like, I don't know. Like, I just totally, like, went, ah! I don't know. It's like my, my brain didn't even, like, think about the fact that I had a nice night with my mum. It just decided to freak out because I didn't achieve the goal that I had set for that night. So, yeah, this whole identity crisis thing that I'm going through, like, not knowing what I want to do with my life means I don't know what goals to set myself. And because I'm such a goal-orientated person because I don't have goals to set for myself at the moment, it makes me want to rip my face off. It makes me want to just tear all of my skin off. I don't want to harm myself. I just, I'm so, <laughs> my mind is so bored <laughs> that it just doesn't know what to do with itself. And so I just think, you know, ripping my skin off might be really entertaining. I, I don't know what my, why my brain feels the need to just claw at my skin. Maybe pain, because pain is a distraction. Like, for example, if you're scared, like if you're scared, like, I don't know, say you had, I don't, I don't fucking know. One of my fears is if a dinosaur came running after me. If I had a fucking dinosaur running after me and I was paralyzed in shock, like, and I was paralyzed with fear and terror, like apparently a way to get out of that is to then like, inflict pain on yourself like so that you feel something again so that you can then you know your flight mode is activated and you can hightail it away from this fucking dinosaur maybe that's just my mind just and I, I know my mind is my mind is bored my mind's like okay what fucking goals do I need to set myself what do I need to be doing what do I need to be achieving and because I don't know where I want to go and what goals I'm going to set myself my mind doesn't know what to do with itself. And so it just, it keeps imagining itself in my body, tearing my skin off and my face off. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit gruesome, isn't it? <laughs> Does anybody else feel this way or is it just me? Am I just completely psychotic? See, like, then there's also the side of me. And like, I, I talk to people about this side where I'm like, so compounded and so lost and so just frustrated in general that I want to crawl in a hole. And I, I definitely definitely do feel like crawling in a hole but it's like I just want to crawl into this this dark hole under a rock and just tear my skin off <laughs> okay I'm gonna stop talking about that because even that's giving me like really bad visuals that I really don't need before bed because it's like an hour before I need to go to bed <laughs> another part of this identity crisis thing that I'm dealing with is the fact that like my labels are changing as a part of your identity like that makes up your identity that there are certain labels that come like attached to that and I think that I just like, obviously, like, you know, um, I say, like, I was born in Adelaide. I, I was. That, that's a label that I have for myself, you know. I, I have brown hair. That's another label for myself, you know. Having, having naturally brown hair and being born in Adelaide, that's a part of my identity. And those are labels. 
they're not bad labels. They're not good labels. They're just, those are just, I just see them as like, they're neutral labels, whatever. But like, as part of like the person that I am, like I'm a very, see, being organized is a label that I have for myself. I consider myself to be an organized person. I'm someone who writes things down. I put words on things and then, you know, labeling myself very, um, in a very detailed way. Labeling myself is also how I identify. Like I use very specific words in the way to describe myself and a part of the way that I describe myself, like that's what makes up my identity. And, and when someone, when some, when someone I put on a pedestal labels me otherwise, I, it bums me out. Like I get so fucking like depressed about it or angry about it, like depending on like what they've said about me. And so I think that's another thing I need to work on is not putting people on pedestals, like just people in particular, like, uh, like people of, of like, I guess, power in my mind. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that you should put anybody on a pedestal. And I think that there are reasons why we put people on pedestals. But like, for example, like I put my mum on a pedestal. I think she should be on a pedestal. And you know, if my mum, my mum knows, my mum like raised me, you know, if my, if my mum ever came and told me, you know, Winnie, you're a shit person. I'd be like, well, fuck me, I'm a shit person, you know, because my mum knows me inside and out and I completely fucking believe her. But then there are other things like um, like my bosses, for example, who only know a certain amount of me. And, you know, and so if they were to ever say, and, be, and I put them on a pedestal because they're people in a position of power in my life, I guess. And, you know, if they were to ever tell me that I was a shit person, they don't necessarily have a viable point in saying that because they don't know me inside and out. But because I put them on a pedestal, I would still take that to heart and I would still, you know, sit there for a week just fucking numb like, wow, I, I'm, a sh- I'm a shit person. So I need to work on who I put on a pedestal and why I put people on a pedestal and I need to focus on, and I think, you know, as much as I'm, I might, you know, be very organized and write things down and label myself and whatever I think, and, and I am, I am so unapologetically who I am, but I think I also have a lot of self-doubt and, you know, as much as, you know, I can, and as much as I can have a laugh with my friends and I can be like, yo, I'm, I'm the shit, like, I'm awesome, you know, I do have a lot of self-doubt and sometimes, like, am I, am I really that good? Like, am I really, like, am I truly a nice person? Am I, am I really as smart as I think I am? Like, am I, am I really as creative as I think I am? Do I really have as much talent as people say or as much as I, I think I do or... Is it all just bullshit? There's a saying and it goes something like, um, don't let 18 seconds of, you know, someone saying shit about you affect the next 18 hours of your life. You know, like if someone, if someone says, you know, spends 18 seconds saying, you know, you suck, you suck, you suck. Don't let that affect you for the next 18 hours. Like don't give that power. And I definitely think that that's something that I could really work on as well is like just not letting the words of other people that I put on pedestals affect me so much. Like, I don't know, I, in high school, for example, you know, there were certain people that would say certain things about me behind my back, like like certain nasty things that they'd say behind my back. And I just, like, it really didn't get to me. Like, I really couldn't give two flying fucks. I more or less talk about, like, I, I joke about it with my friends these days because I think it's just so fucking stupid. <laughs> 
Uh, and these people were probably so fucking insecure with themselves that they felt that they had to like lash out at other people. But it was because I just, I didn't put these people on a pedestal. Like I didn't give two flying fucks about them. And so when they said these things about me, even if it was like behind my back and then it got back to me, I just think like, whatever, like you're a fucking loser. I don't care. Like it's, and you know what I mean? Like I just wouldn't think anything of it. It's only with people that I put on a pedestal when they say bad things about me that I'm like, oh fuck, maybe I should believe them. But you know what? Like in reality, you are the only person who should, who actually cares about who you are and like how you identify, I guess. Your, like your parents, if your parents raised you well and if you're close with your parents, like I'd like to think that like if, you know, your mum, like if my mum told me I was a shit person, I'd, you know, want to change my life around or whatever. And like I'd believe that I was a shit person until I changed my life around. But other people, like, you know, if, some, if someone I went to high school with went up to me and told me I was a shit person, like I just, I wouldn't believe them and you shouldn't. People that don't know you wholeheartedly inside and out and every single piece of you should not get to label you at all all you need to focus on is being a nice fucking person that doesn't hurt other people and that's about it the positive sides to labeling yourself are understanding yourself and why you do certain things and how you can improve as a person and it's also easier to describe yourself to others like you know potential friends potential lovers like employers schools certain clubs that you might want to join like that kind of a thing the negative side to labeling yourself is identity crisis (laughs) just in general and honestly like there are so many like positives and negatives but those that's just like general overview of of how I see it anyway another part of my quarter life crisis slash identity crisis is like my current job so my current job was advertised as sales and marketing which I thought was going to be 50 50 if anything more marketing because that's what the description looked like over the first six months of my job, like it was, it was half sales and half marketing and, um, you know, everything was going absolutely fine. But then the news that I found out on Thursday, which is why I ended up, I think, completely having a full breakdown on Friday, was that um, my my directors have decided that marketing should only be 5% of my job and sales should be 95% of my job, which I disagree with. However, they are my directors and I need to respect their decision. But also... That's not what the job was advertised in the first place. And when I first moved from being a retail store manager in the fashion sector to this plant company, um, it was hard enough for me to accept my identity as now having a career that wasn't in fashion. The only reason that I think that I was able to comprehend it at the time was because I really wanted to get experience and gain more knowledge in marketing. And I really wanted to move away from sales. But obviously, because I had had no marketing experience, only what I had done at uni, and I did have sales experience, it was just like natural for me to move into a sales and marketing role. But now that I found out that my role is, you know, 95% sales, I just feel like completely like, I guess, railroaded in a way. And I just, and that's also like now, now that's just another something to add to my fucking quarter life crisis because I'm like, ah, fuck. (laughs) is my job even what I want to do right now because it's not what I signed up for and it's not it's not what it was and so now I'm going through like that whole crisis as well. Being financially stable was also another huge part of my identity and and for the most part I always said like yes to social gatherings and things like that because I absolutely love being social. I'm such an extrovert like I I need people and I need to be going out and meeting new people and like to to charge my social battery um but because you know like I'm not financially stable at the moment I've like lately I've been having to say 
no to my friends. Like, no, I'm sorry, I can't go out. Like, you're welcome to come over and have a cup of tea with me or like have dinner with me. But um, I can't go out, you know, and get pissed drunk or I can't go out and have, you know, dinner with you or lunch with you or like can barely fucking go and grab like yochi or a coffee. And I fucking hate that. Being financially stable is not how I identify now either and that's like fucking with me and then also being like a, this really like social per- person and then also being this really social person who's out all the time was something that I also identified with and now that's being taken away from me as well because of this whole like financial aspect so I just feel like there's a lot of labels and a lot of pieces of my identity that have being stripped away from me lately which is not fucking helping my quarter life crisis and it's just making me want to tear my fucking skin off I'm really kind of I'm struggling to Like, if you don't understand what I'm saying already, like, I'm finding it really hard to kind of explain where I'm coming from. And I guess, like, maybe I could, maybe I could explain that like this. Like, you know, pronouns, you know, I, for example, I identify as she, her, you know, and she, her has always been female, you know, because it's always been female and male. You know what I mean? And so those people who waver, who are in the middle, who are she, they, they, them, um, he, they, you know, everybody who, and and everybody in between, everybody who wavers in the middle, I bet, I bet, you know, before, before these pronouns came out and before they actually had maybe a label to put on themselves, if they wanted to put a label on them, like if they didn't feel like they needed to put a label on them, amazing, good for you, like I'm, I'm so happy that you're mentally there, I'm so fucking not mentally there, but for everybody else who, who wavers between female and male, and, and everything in between, for those people that waver and who want to label themselves, I could just imagine, like, I can now, I can now kind of understand, I mean, not completely, circumstances are completely different, but as far as, like, labeling yourself, I get it, you must, you must have wanted to fucking tear your skin off, <laughs> because you just, you feel so fucking lost, like, I mean, I, I understand that aspect of it. So I don't know if you guys have heard of the, um, the 16 personalities test. Um, but basically it's like, it's this huge thing now that's going around. You can even list it on your Tinder profile. Anyway, when I was 19, I first took this test because I started dating, um, my boyfriend at the time who, you know, wanted to know why I was so, um, this was only a few weeks into us seeing each other. And I was so like, he would try and like, I don't know, like cuddle me and I'd push him off me and he'd try to like, you know, give me kisses and I'd be like, what the fuck like go away (laughs) you know kind of a thing and he was like what's wrong with you and it's just like and and I learned to like I guess um tolerate and eventually like love those kind of things from him like love affection but in the beginning I was like what the fuck is this like and and you know and so and he and he already did this personality test and he he was he was actually he's a very intelligent man and so he he wanted me to take this personality test and I was like you know more than willing to and I've taken the personality test a few times since and it always comes up with the same answer for me so I am an ENTJ, and then the little name that they give that um, that code is um, the Commander, <laughs> which I think is funny. And actually, there's like a little um, there's a little avatar of each of the the different personality types. Obviously, there's sixteen. And um, <laughs> what's funny is the avatar kind of looks like my mum. <laughs> but my mum, I got her to do the test, and she's not an ENTJ. She's a um, uh, she's whatever the executive is. Um, which is like not, not far off to be honest. And it completely, it completely makes sense as to why we butt heads. Um, but as a commander, as an ENTJ, um, my strengths are, well, this is, this is what it says. And I'm going to, and I'm going to tell you whether I agree or disagree with all of them. Um, so my strengths are, I'm efficient. I agree with that one. I'm energetic. I agree with that one. I'm self-confident. Um, for the most part, however, doubt does, uh, creep into my mind when I am going through 
crises like this. I'm strong-willed. Yes, however, I do, I do get that doubt. Obviously, crises like this. I'm a strategic thinker. I'm charismatic and inspiring, apparently. Um, I do, I do believe I'm charismatic and I do believe I can be inspiring. Um, I just think it's a little bit obnoxious for me, <laughs> for me to be like, I'm charismatic and inspiring. I don't know. Um, and then my weaknesses are I'm stubborn and dominant. Um, I definitely agree with the fact that I'm stubborn. Um, I'm intolerant. I can be extremely intolerant, um, with a lot of things. I'm impatient. Definitely. Um, so yes, it's not just my generation that's impatient. Uh, it's just me, the person. I'm very patient, but you know what? That's what makes me efficient as well. So against every strength, there is a weakness that, you know, is alongside that. So, you know, bang on the money there. Arrogant, but I'm just reading off the website here. I, I guess I more or less like I, I can, I can be arrogant and I'm def, that's definitely something that I've been working on since I figured out that I was an ENTJ, uh, because I definitely don't want to come across as arrogant. I can definitely be confident. Maybe sometimes I can get a bit cocky, but it's more or less just like me trying to convince myself like, yes, I can do this. But obviously sometimes confidence can come across as arrogance. So completely understand that. And then poor handling of emotions, which I think since I since I was 19, I have come a long way since then. Uh, but I could still use a little bit of work on that one. Um, I've definitely learned to become more empathetic. I've definitely learned to express my emotions better as far as like sadness go. Um, and dealing with other people's sadness. But yeah, if anybody hasn't taken the 16 personalities test, I definitely highly recommend it. Great insight, even if you don't agree with what it says about you. Um, it's just really interesting to kind of reflect on what it is saying and, you know, maybe apply that to things in your life and try and improve yourself as a person. Um, you know, because I definitely, I agree with most of it. Um, there are some things where I thought, hey, what the fuck? Like, I'm, I'm not arrogant. But then I'm like, wow, it's really arrogant of me to think that I'm not arrogant. Maybe I am arrogant. And so then you, you process that and you kind of work on that. I definitely think it's just a good thing to do either way. So I googled um, types of identity and it's given me a, uh, a social identity map. And it looks like a dartboard and basically it's got three sections. So you've got the core, this is your core identity. So these are your traits, behaviours and attitudes that, that make you unique. And then around that section is the chosen section, which is characteristics we choose to describe our status, traits and skills. And then around that which is the last section, is the given. And these are the attributes or conditions that we have no control over. So the given for me is, you know, I, I have naturally brown hair. I was born in Adelaide. My ethnicity is parts of Europe. I have ovaries. <laughs> you know, they're all given. My chosen is, I guess, like, you know, my, my career path. And then my my core are like my, my traits and behaviors. So I guess like my core is like me as a person, like I would describe myself as like I'm a very, I'm a very passionate person. I'm kind, I'm independent, um, I'm weird, <laughs> you know, like th those are all like traits of myself. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's definitely the chosen, that middle ring of my identity that I'm struggling with because I chose, I chose my career. I chose to purchase an apartment, which means I chose to put myself in financial strain. And it's just all, and it's just all of these choices that I've been making. And it's all these choices of my identity that I'm just kind of fighting with at the moment. So for the last little bit of this episode, I'm going to be talking about how I'm currently dealing with my life. Um, I'm currently dealing with this um, quarter life crisis and identity crisis. Um, and what I, what I could be doing, what I should be doing more of. So currently, as I spoke about before, I'm on anxiety medication. That's number one. 
Number two is I'm relying heavily on my mum and I love my mum and my mum says that that is what she is there for. Um, however, she's a person too and I definitely don't want to burden her with too much because obviously that's going to overload her and um, and I would hate to think that, you know, I am the one who caused my mum to have a mental breakdown. I definitely don't want that. Um, but that is how I'm currently dealing with it. So anxiety medication, relying on my mum. Um, I'm also trying to practice not, not punishing myself for taking time to do nothing. I'm trying to just relax and to forgive myself for, for relaxing and to not need to be productive. Like I even, I even have this issue when I sleep a lot as well. Like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, what is the point of sleep? And it's just like me in this like haze because I'm like half asleep, half not. And my mind, obviously my mind, as I said, constantly ticks. And so I wake up and I'm like, what is the point of sleep? Like, like what, why? Like, you know, kind of a thing. And then I just, and then I just need to tell myself repeatedly until I fall asleep again. I'm a human. I need to sleep. Sleep is what I need to function during sleep. I don't need to be doing anything. And how fucking stupid is that, that I need to tell myself that, <laughs> you know, like, like sleeping is productive because it's what I need to survive. Eating, consuming food is something that I need to do to survive because sometimes I look at eating as a waste of time or, you know, like going to the toilet. That is something that I need to do to survive. Otherwise I'm going to fucking internally combust. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. I need to stop, stop seeing these things as just as a human being. Things that I need to do to survive as things that are time wasters. But not only that, but also taking time to relax. Not sleep, not just sleep, but relax as well. So I'm really trying to not punish myself for doing nothing and just forgiving myself for just relaxing. And also forgiving myself on saying no to social outings and, and to not spending money. Because obviously I don't want to put myself in more financial debt. So no matter, no matter how many fibers of my being wants to go into more negatives and go out and socialize, I need to say no. And so those, those four things, that's, that's how I'm currently, <laughs> currently dealing with my life. What I should be doing more of, I should be practicing more positive self-talk. So this is something that mum's been kind of on my ass about lately, like the last few days, um, especially since my fucking Friday breakdown. Love that. Um, is like words of affirmation and it's just I don't know I feel like such a fucking cliche because everybody goes on about words of affirmation and putting post-it notes everywhere and like having things pop up on your phone but honestly it's probably something that I should do like there's a reason it's so popular I guess like it's not just a fucking cliche like maybe it does actually work and maybe I should start implementing that into my life to try and get better. Another one is visualizing so one of these examples is like visualize visualizing my life as a canvas and my painting is not nearly complete and I'm still working on only a small part of it. Or like, you know, the standard one is my life is a book and this is only one chapter. Another thing I should do is um, accept that as a part of my identity, my identity will ebb and flow and change as I grow, as I develop as a human. That's funny. I just totally rhymed and I didn't even realize it. Ebb and flow and change as I grow. Poetry. <laughs> Another thing I need to accept is that my eight-year-old self shouldn't define how my whole life will be. You know, like it was, it was at eight years old I decided I was going to be a fashion designer and that's what I spent my entire life working towards. What rational part of me thought that sticking to my eight-year-old self's idea was a good idea, was a good one? Like why, why did I think that? So I need to accept that 
maybe eight-year-old me didn't know everything and didn't know what was good for 23-year-old me because it's been 15 years. <laughs> Holy fuck, it's been 15 years since I was like, oh my God, <laughs> now I'm going to freak out even more. Another thing I should do is I shouldn't regret and see things I've done as time wasted. I should look at them more like lessons that led me to where I am and to where I'm going. I should also remember to believe that I can do anything I put my mind to because that is something that I was brought up being told all the time. Juanita, you can, you can do anything you put your mind to. And I even actually, and this is the last thing I'll mention in this episode, is that I actually have a tattoo on my arm, which I got sometime last year, beginning of last year, maybe like a year ago now, probably like a year ago now. And that says, I can, I will watch me. And so I need to remember that, that I can do anything I put my mind to. And if anybody else fucking disagrees with that or thinks that I can't do that or, you know, takes me at face value and whatever, I can do fucking anything I put my mind to. I can do it. I can. I will. Watch me. So I'm really hoping that in this chapter of my life book, I have already hit the bottom and that I'm on my way up. I'm definitely feeling a lot more, I guess, I don't know if positive is the right word. I don't know if optimistic is the right word just yet. Um, but knowing that my doctor knows now about my mental health and that, you know, my doctor sees this medication as something that can help me in the short term and that I will come off of it one day, hopefully soon. The sooner I figure my life out, the sooner I can come off this medication because I, I do not like medication. Yeah, I've, I've exhausted all other ways in trying to figure this shit out. And so she thinks that this is what's best in the short term. After having opened up to my mum and, you know, having my mum actually see me at this really low point in my life, you know, now she's making, you know, not that my mum doesn't make an effort because she makes an effort all of the fucking time. As I said, my mum is great, but, you know, now that my mum, like, she can see the impact that this is having on just me as a person, you know, and that she's really, likes really, she always supports me. My mum is my biggest supporter. <laughs> I can't stress that enough, but she is just making like that much more. She, she's like 300% effort at this point, you know, like inf infinite like support at this point. And um, so I'm just feeling really optimistic, you know, and, and when she approves of my, my choices to, you know, to, to on, on making certain decisions about my life now, I'm like, okay, I've got my mum's on board completely, 100%. Like that makes me so happy. And then also, yeah, just kind of being more positive towards myself and letting myself relax and letting myself be a human being. And as far as I know, I only have one life. And so I need to take it day by day and just focus on trying to be happy, not accomplish a goal to be happy, but just be happy and just just be and as I said in my last episode, you know, if you're going through stress or if you're going through an identity crisis or quarter life crisis or, you know, if, if you're if you're just going through a hard time, you're really not the only one. And I'm, and I'm not trying to say that to make you feel any less than what you might be feeling. I'm just trying to maybe make you a bit more comfortable. Anyway, that is the end of this episode. If you are listening, thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you in my next episode. Bye.